I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is a lot to learn with Austin Rogers. For the guy who knows everything, he's still got a lot to learn. Without further ado, here's Austin. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night. I have no idea what time it is because it's a podcast and people listen to podcasts whenever they listen to podcasts. Today is really, 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 really fun because I have my very good college friend, Lucas McCann, who is a woohoo, woo indeed, Lucas, who is a design strategist and lecturer at the Stanford University, mm-hmm. like the Ohio State University. <laughs> um, and today we're going to talk about a very loaded term in today's uh, culture and buzzworthy nomenclature. Mm-hmm. The word is design. Ooh. Ooh, indeed. Welcome, Lucas. Thanks, Austin. This it's, is going to be super fun. Yeah, it's awesome to see you. Um, yeah, we're out here in sunny San Francisco, which is actually mm. incredibly rainy San yeah. Francisco. Um, apparently, we brought the weather with us. Yep. Um, doesn't rain for 364 days, but rains the last two that I am here. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. Okay, Lucas, lecturer at Stanford mm. and design strategist. And there's that word, design. Yeah. What is design? I think of design yeah. as I'm looking across my hotel room and I see a door handle. Someone thought that out and gave it to an industrial manufacturer who fabricated it. Mm -hmm. That is designed to me. Mm. I'm looking at the knobs on my mixing board and the shape of my microphone and the structure of the body of my MacBook. Those, that is designed to me. Am I right? Am I wrong? Or is there more? Uh, You are (laughs) all three, let's say. Okay. I'm right and right. I'm right. I'm wrong and more. You're right, you're wrong, and more, for Got sure. It. And I think of those three things you pointed to, the door handle, the knob, and the body of your MacBook, Yep. obviously the third, one of these kids is doing their own thing, and that's the MacBook. How so? Well, I mean, the knob on your uh, mixing board is probably a standard knob. Oh, it's just you an know, off-the-shelf thing. Yeah, or even if it's not off-the-shelf, maybe the specs and the tooling for it were made some other time. Or maybe um, there isn't much consideration given into making that knob different than any other knob. Because that, that knob, knob already works. I've seen that door doorknob before, and haven't that, you? Because that doorknob works. Right. And so, yeah, or because it's cheap to make. Oh. And actually... Oh. I made sure to have Austin give me a little um, notepad so I could take notes. We're going to get back. We should talk about the Industrial Revolution, which I'm sure well, you, I know is a topic near and dear to your I, heart. Yes, it is. I mean, yeah. it's where we are right now. Right. And I think we're seeing Lucas's design mind in, <laughs> in work right now because no one else has a pencil and paper right. on the side of him, and he's just drawing dots. I, I don't know what the dots uh, mean, but we're going to figure it out. Yeah, that's right. So. One thing, um, why I said that doorknob is that designer, isn't it designer? When you said, you know, Austin's got a, 
a lot to learn with Austin Rogers. What are we yeah. learning about today? And you suggested, oh, what about what is design? And my first response was, what is design? What is design? And that is actually a much more complicated and loaded question than you might think. Um, and I think you hit on the heart of it. Is design making stuff? Is it deciding what that stuff should be like? Or is it even deciding what stuff to make in the first place? What should be full stop? Yeah. And you said that doorknob is that doorknob because it works. And that may be true, but it also may be true that it's a very cheap doorknob to make. Right. And that's why I said the Industrial Revolution, there's an interplay between what is good for you, the optimal thing for you, the user, right. to meet your needs and do it, or what is good for me, the producer. To sell. To sell, or to just get through there. Or and maximize think, profit. Yeah, and the thing that, why I'm so interested in design is because we, as humans, live in this world where everything around us is a product of human decisions, and that means, you know, sometimes people will say, oh, I'm so stupid, I couldn't figure this out. You know, I had a car that had weird door, door handles, and every time somebody couldn't get out of the door, they said, oh, I hate sorry. this door handle. No, they didn't say that. Oh. You would say that. Oh. <laughs> they said, oh, I'm stupid, I can't get it. It's like, you're not stupid. Somebody decided to make the doorknob like that. So if you can't figure it out. It's not intuitive. Right. That's the, maker's, that's the maker's fault. Right. And there may be things now that... You know, and I think we've seen this with the sort of tech boom. Um, like when Uber started, it's like Uber is so much better. It's so much cheaper than cabs. You put the cabs out of business. Okay, now why would I have it be cheaper? Uh, yeah, well, that's, that was Uber's business model. Right, exactly. Yeah. And so undercut, it's, undercut, it's, undercut, undercut, network ubiquitous. Yeah, we charge what yeah, we want. It's like if we live in an interconnected ecosystem of designed stuff and me making the stuff, it, at what point is it not, if it's not in my interest to make it good for you, then guess what? Your life is going to suck. Because you don't care. And why, why do I care, care about, why do I care about the consumer? Yeah. Okay. All right. So. I think I got a little excited. You got a little excited. Reground me. Reground you, which is back to it. Right. So we did, we actually did one of the most cliche things on earth before we sat <laughs> down for this. We opened up the laptop yeah. and Maria read to us what the, what, what design is. Yeah. And it is to execute according to plan or well, build according to plan or something Rogers, but I, according to plan. I, that is exactly right. But with my little pen and pad yeah. finished here, I wrote down what? the d- definition, which, which was. To create, fashion, or execute. Oh, to create, fashion, construct, or execute according to plan. Right. And all those things are totally different. Create, fashion, execute. Those are all different things. But according to plan. Right. That's, is that what design is? It's right. the plan? Yes. I think in the, in the no one can really agree on, on the term, but I think in the largest sense, it's that plan, that intention, and that's what design is. Because you could say, is that art? Is it engineering? Is it just manufacturing? Is it making? Um, but the the unifying thing is it's according to plan. And I was saying before that I think that design is what makes us human. Right. Right now we're engaging in language, right? Yeah. We have abstract, abstract thought. Yeah. Um, there are other animals that have things that are like language. Yeah. Crows communicate. Right. You know, yeah, dolphins have, have dolphins have calls. dolphins have names for one another. Really I didn't know that. Oh yeah, they go and that's that's your name and mine's back 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 back. All right, well back 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 back. Let me get back to the point. Um, what what I was saying is the ability to think 
man, I really would like to go over the other side of this river, and I'd love to not get wet. Hmm. Plan. How could I do that? Right. Hey, there's some trees over here. I'll chop them down, put them over there. Right. I got a bridge. So it's like that abstract idea, like what if there was a future that's different from now where I could walk across this river? Right. Which is the, that is, that is the fruition of the plan. Right. And so the, the, what design is to me is saying, man, it'd be cool if I could just walk across this river. All right. How am I going to do that? Right. Man, that activity. Man, it would be cool to open this door. Okay. So now I have to fashion something to open the door. Right. 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 Okay. So design is the fruition, the culmination of a pl- not the plan. It's the culmination of a goal. The plan is how you get there, thus sure. the design. Right? So actually, Sounds fair. I, I think this definition is missing the goal, right? It's, it's all of this, yeah. blah, 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 a plan to accomplish an ultimate goal. Right. Open a door, move Good a intention. slider, uh, or cross a river. Right. And one other thing I wrote down on my, need, on my pad here is needs versus solutions. Mm-hmm. I think that is something that is a real crucial element to understanding design. Now, this is when we get into your design strategist thing. Mm-hmm. What? Okay, so I needs versus solutions sound like very easy words to wrap yeah. my head around, but I have a feeling that you mean different things by them. Mm, uh, well, I, like so many things, uh, actually the simplest version of it is true, but when you ask people to start designing things and making new stuff they'll get needs and solutions screwed up all the time. Okay. Classically. So define them. Or give me well, an example. Here's, here's an example. Um, you know the classic kind of inventor's challenge, like build a better mousetrap? Mm-hmm. Well, mousetrap is a solution. Right. So build a better mousetrap, you're defining that end goal as a solution already. Right. If I said, devise a way to rid an area of mice. That's different. Right. So now I can have poison, a cat robotic mice that infiltrate mouse societies. Like I can have all different kinds of things. Reroute lava that gets rid of the mice. Sure. Exactly. Uh Aha. Right. So the, here's the, here's the, the thing that we, we teach in, in uh, design thinking class that you remember needs are verbs. Solutions are nouns. Got it. So if I say, um, I need to open the door is different than, I need a doorknob. Right. So I need to kill mice. Yeah. Right. You need to rid an area of mice. I need to rid an area of mice. Right. Uh, And uh, the solution is the mousetrap or rerouting lava. Right. 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 Both of them will rid an area of rodentry. Rodentry? Is that right? I mean, it's also like... Rodentia. Who knows if that will actually work? I mean, I just do want to say lava... Let's not presuppose that it will work. We need to I'm, test I'm, that. I'm, I'm Team Lava all the way. Team, I'm <laughs> I'm sure. team, yeah, team Collateral ha- damage be damned. <laughs> Hashtag Team Lava. Yeah. Hey, hey, solution, <laughs> solution accomplished. Let's cafe press that. I want a Team Lava. Team. <laughs> Hashtag Team Lava. Team Lava shirt. Um, okay, okay. So let's let's stick Ooh. with let's stick with the mousetrap. Yeah. So our needs is to rid the area of the rodents. So we yeah. devise solutions. The mousetrap is one of the solutions. Right. Um, how do you balance these two? Who who's right the end user or the designer or again is this a malleable definition yeah i mean well i think so there's different sort of lineages i would say in design thought if we want to call it Uh like schools in a way there's kind of like a california school and a chicago school i don't think that's not something that people formally say that's like my perception right because 
in the last 20, 30 years, um, design, which was traditionally like we think of like industrial design, graphic design, yeah. it was like a technical discipline. Back yes. when things had to be done by hand. Yes. So it's like applied art yes. or, or you know, creative engineering. Yes. That was like the traditional idea of, of design. I'm doing, can they hear air quotes? Uh, they can hear air quotes. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, so then um, since the 90s, um, design, business, anthropology have gotten all mixed in together. Right. Um, so you were asking who's right, the user, the specifier. I mean, ultimately, in our mousetrap example, it's like if the mice are gone. Does it matter? Well, and, and we would say, that's why I said lava. You're like, hey, I got rid of the mice. I also burned down the building <laughs> or whatever. I also caused an earthquake. <laughs> uh, so, you know, that would be one of the things like, well, we sh- we, if we wanted to be formal about this, ooh, man, I just thought of another cool thing. Go. You said before, like, a person made that doorknob. Yes. And a big thing that has always bugged me. Um, because design came into the sort of American consciousness. Like people don't really think of design as a thing so much um, formally. And then in the 90s, it really kind of boomed. Yeah, we got Philippe right? Stark and stuff exactly. like that. And the Dyson vacuums. Yes, and all, Dyson. Of a sudden, all of a sudden, you're looking at these things. And then you also look backwards and you're like, oh, that cool blender from the right. 50s had awesome design. Right, 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 right? right. But we didn't really have a, you know, in the mainstream, we didn't have a word for it. And what I was going to say is you said, we had Philippe Stark, we had Michael Graves, he had um, the Dyson vacuum. And there was a real idea, okay, if you imagine Dyson, James Dyson, who I met, by the way, um, they show him like in his workshop, right? Like fashioning a part. Right. Which is this idea that like James Dyson, like Michelangelo, yeah. has crafted this vacuum cleaner. Yes. Because it's easier for us to think of him as a craftsman or an artist or an inventor. Than is to think of the as idea a- that like one person cannot make a vacuum cleaner. No, that's impossible. No, you need an electrical engineer who is a specialist in elect- electrical engineering. You yes. need somebody to go over to China and make sure that the draft angles on those parts are correct. Right, right. So it's a big human endeavor, and so a lot of this design thinking that's not going to be applied to other business problems is like, how do we efficiently get everybody to sort of like agree on things or make decisions effectively and without without stifling creativity. And so there's lots of tools around formalizing that process of, of figuring out which is better, the lava or what's our own one? Mousetrap. Mousetrap mouse mouse trap versus lava. What about mine is a robotic mouse that infiltrates uh, mouse society and convinces the, mouse, the mice to go somewhere else. Now I'm going to shoot that down because that <laughs> that's, that's super complex. I don't think we have the technology there yet, yeah, the right? Yeah, the sunk cost. That's true, the AI on the mice. Exactly. Yeah. And, and yeah. also, also that's, that's incredibly intense electronics and programming and coding and an army of people to design that for what ultimately is probably disposable because that, if, that, if that robot mouse is just supposed to rid the area of mice and takes them somewhere else, it's probably going to take them off a cliff into the ocean so they're going that robot mouse. That's where you're wrong because it's a service model. You actually just subscribe to the mouse. There's only <laughs> one mouse and it goes from town to town. There's a design. Pied Piper. There's a designer thinking right there. You're like, all I have to do is do it once exactly. and then I just lease exactly. out that one mouse over but, and over but again. But what you did, so, so in being um, in like ideating, that's what we, oh, the word God, for I it, hate, right? I hate, 
I hate that word. I'm sorry, that's the word. Oh, do you that's actually it use it? Absolutely. You do you, mean, I live, it? Do you I, mean it or do you cringe every time you say it? Um, I you know, like remember the movie The Abyss? Of course I remember the remember Abyss. Remember how when they had to go deep down, they would be in that like liquid oxygen. Yeah, they, they, and at they, first it felt like you were drowning, but then you're like and then your lungs and got you used let to it go. It. Yeah, once you they're like relax and it'll be okay. You can think of me as working in a pink soup of jargon. Okay. So you've let it My go. My system has adjusted you've to You've let it. it go and you're just inhaling it. Well, and there's also like some of those terms are useful because like that's what it means, you know? <sighs> so Okay. This anyway, is this is, this what, is a personal. What, yeah. That that language evolves. Well, that's a whole different. That's topic. totally fine. What I was going to say, and I'll, so I'll try and try and go easy on it. Because mm-hmm. yes, jargon away. I need something to make tacky, fun of you though. about. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> um, what I was going to say is, what you did just there is you said, "Hey, that that uh, mouse problem, your robot mouse isn't going to work because here are all the kind of constraints, or here are the here are the problems with that solution." Yeah. And the idea is that if we are like working together well, we could say, well, you know, how can we turn those constraints that you said into, maybe we never would have thought of like, oh, it's actually a service model or something like, if you are always thinking like, well, how how could I invent sort of past that? Then you can turn turn those constraints into inspiration. No, I I I understand, and I think during that you're honing in on this nebulous definition of design because we've now surpassed the fact that it's a robotic mouse, and now we're like, oh, well, what's the intent of the robotic mouse? And then you're like, oh. What's the cost analysis of the robotic mouse? And now we're getting into this holistic view of design where you're like, okay, the robotic mouse is almost irrelevant. It's how the use case scenarios of the robotic mouse is what the actual design of it is. Right, right, exactly. Um, So there's something that I wanted to say to you before. Is this what, are we doing the right thing? We are doing the totally right thing. This is awesome just to hang out and talk with you. I know, we haven't seen each other in a couple years. Yeah, we should wear headphones every time. Isn't it great listening (laughs) to our own voice? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's it's really awkward when you take the headphones off, but you get get used to it pretty quickly. Well, what I was going to say is, and this may be very abstract, but that's what I wanted to get to, is um, a, a huge part of our discipline is toggling between abstract and concrete as a concept. Right. That notion, like I said, needs and solutions, abstract to concrete is a very is crucial for doing this. Where so I would say, here's my concrete solution. It's called RoboMouse 2000. It has these specifications. This is what it does. Here it is. I'll draw a picture of it. Here's its specs. That's it. Yeah. It's something that you can picture that we can, and you can look at RoboMouse 2000 and say. Hey, that'll never work. It's going to cost us five thousand dollars to make that thing. Yeah, and then I would say, well, okay, but you know, how can I abstract up RoboMouse two thousand? Well, what RoboMouse two thousand does is infiltrate mouse society and convince the mice to leave somewhere else. Yeah. Now, if I say, well, now, so infiltrate the mouse society and convince them to go somewhere else is actually an abstract solution. Right. It's a solution direction. Right. So RoboMouse might not be the viable solution right. for that, but you actually came up with the solution is infiltrate mouse society, convince them to leave. Right. And then we might be like, look, RoboMouse is too small. All right. You know, actually it's RoboCat mm-hmm. or whatever. Like by, by, but RoboCat and RoboMouse maybe are still in the same abstract solution direction. Right. But still we're going for the same thing, which is infiltrate mouse society, right. convince them to leave. So, and so the same thing. So I wish there's a diagram that we use all the time. 
that has analysis on one side. Sorry, jargon again. Oh, no. Analysis, Basically, it's like, analysis is a word. But actually, it's not appropriate in this case. It's like understanding what the world is like. Okay. Like being like, the fuck is going on here? Yeah. And understanding it deeply, insightfully, in an open way. Right. Just taking in information world. And the other side of the design process is synthesis, totally not right, making stuff, making changes to the world. Yeah. So like, um, you know, in our river example, like one is just looking at the river, considering it, and then the other side is the sort of solution side. On both of those sides, you have a concrete and an abstract realm. Uh, so it's, it's, uh, it's a very design-specific like SWOT analysis. Well, no, it's a process where you would go from um, the realm of observations. River is there. Yeah, and, and it's important to be concrete because you could say like, oh, you know, I understand our customer base. Um, what they want is convenience. And it's like in the world of observations, it's important to be concrete. So you would say, what did they actually say? They want it delivered within two days. Right, or they said, they said, I just don't want it to be a hassle. And then if you translate from I don't want it to be a hassle to they want convenience, that's, a act, that's an interpretive act. Right. And so when you're observing things, it's important to stay concrete. Right. But then to free yourself up to be creative, you need to abstract from your concrete observations into the realm of interpretations. Got it. Got it. So, so you, you have to set you have to set a baseline and the baseline is this is mm. the con- mm-hmm. the consumer wants x and x is very is 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 needs yeah is needs the consumer needs x i mean wants is good too which is which is which is hopefully in the world of concrete quantifiable Measurable, at least. Measure- observable. 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 There we go. Yeah. Wow. I, who knew design- It's a minefield. Who knew design was so full of like parsing semantics <laughs> down to like, I'm like, I all, know. All, the, all these words mean the same yeah, thing, the more same or less, but they don't because, and actually that's why the beauty of English, yeah. like we can, we can say these words. I'm like, ah, no, that was the better, that was the better of the same word for what we're trying to get at. I should say too that- um, you know, we were talking about how, how to introduce me. One of the things that I do at my current company mm-hmm. is. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I am in charge of methods training. And I'm called a content lead. So I'm basically supposed to be as nerded out on this stuff as anybody. Right. So there are plenty of other people yeah. that would be like, this is totally overkill. What are you talking <laughs> about? <laughs> <laughs> um, Just to put it in perspective. Um, 
Wow, I I had a total aside. Mm. Um, I, should I go down to it? But like, I don't know. I think I think there's so much. There's so many things we could talk. Well, about. I was going to talk about like the English language and and design language. How English has so many synonyms for so many things, but so many other languages are just so much more simple that you could just say, you know, there's one word for cloud. You know, and you just go cloud and everyone's like, oh, it's a cloud. We got it. Right. And English is like, well, is it a wispy cloud or a puffy cloud or a blah, 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 cloud. Cumulonimbus. Cirrus. Stratocirrus. Right. Um, Is design easier in other languages because they might not have as many synonyms for things as English? I, this is, uh, okay. I hope not. All right. Let's, (laughs) let's not go down this road. This is way too much of a thought exercise. Um, Okay. So we've ascertained that to to start upon the creative journey of the design yeah. that you you've you've observed yeah and then from the observe observation you've moved into abstraction which is interpretation interpretation yes so we've gone objective to subjective and now we need executive but, now we need to execute directions directions so if you think of these four quadrants of that do you know a two by two uh it's a piece Man. of wood no, no, oh my God. <laughs> it's no, a so, dimension of wood. So we can also talk about other stuff that's not this esoteric stuff if you want, but I will talk about a two well, Let's by- get esoteric and then implement a, a concrete Word. example Great. of it. Great. So um, a two by two is like an XY graph with yeah. two axes. Yeah. So oftentimes I might say, hey, I understood all of your, all of your customers and yep. they go between being... Um, um, meticulous and sloppy and rich and poor. So right. you got meticulous poor ones, you got meticulous rich, rich ones right. or whatever. Yeah. Rich, or maybe sloppy. it's even a map. Yep. You know? Um, so that, um, we traffic in that kind of stuff a lot. Right. What I was, so that's unimportant. Forget it. Scratch <laughs> it from your mind. We were just talking about a sequential four part process. Yes. That starts with observations, observations. which are concrete yes. and are about understanding the world. Yes. Then we ask ourselves, ooh, to go up, to get from concrete to abstract, you ask yourself, why? Why? To get abstract to concrete, you ask yourself, how? How? So we say, I I saw these people doing this thing. Yep. They said they don't, they said they don't want hassle. They said this, they said that. Why? Yep. And then, then I'm into the phase of interpretation. Interpretation. Okay, now I got to flip over to the other uh, side. I've understood the world. Now I got to make a change to it. Yep. I go, I'm making, um, making changes, but I don't want to just jump to RoboMouse 2000 yet. Right. I want to get to ridden area of mice or infiltrate mouse society, which is a direction. Yes. And then we move down to the how. Solutions. Okay. Observations, interpretations, directions, solutions. I, okay. Okay. Yeah. Th- thank you. It, it only took you 20 minutes to get Sorry. there, but. <laughs> <laughs> that was only 20 minutes. Felt like a year. <laughs> oh, it's a while. Yeah. Um, okay. So now, now you've uh, mapped out basically. I should have started with and, that. And, and, and I'm assuming when how doesn't work out, we repeat. Well, and so, well. Or do we backtrack? The idea is that this is an iterative process. In practice, mm-hmm. you're hopping all over that all the time. Oh, okay. Right? You're toggling. It's only just like conceptually, it's good to say, where are we right now? Right. Does it behoove us to be really concrete or should we force ourselves to get more abstract here? Right. Are we just talking about, like, so that I think is design thinking is thinking on purpose. Right. I sometimes imagine, you know, like an assassin would have a 
the guitar case filled with guns or something? Yes, yeah. What if you had a case with different brains and you were like, all right. I want this now brain gonna be in creative. right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm going to be really Right, but now, now I got to get back to narrowing. objectivity. Take that brain yeah. out, put the next brain in. Yeah, so that's the practice of toggling between these different things, knowing should, should I be expanding or funneling down? Right. Yeah. Right. All right. So we've got this quadrant system where- That's design thinking. Right. Yeah. Design thinking, but which will get us to concretely designing something <laughs> yeah, so. that eventually, yeah. right? Um, <laughs> all right. So we're, we're moving through this and sometimes back and sometimes forward right. and sometimes hopping, hopping around, around, but ultimately we want to sort of move through this course. Right. I see, I think, we should, and then how. Yeah. Right. Yes. Okay, that's really cool. And you can apply this to multiple disciplines. Oh, yeah. And that's why we're in this fuzzy definition of design. Exactly. Because when you get into things like UX, sure. like, is that designed? Oh, definitely. It is. But it's still not what I'm thinking of as right, design. Right, right, exactly. I mean, I'm still thinking design. I'm, I'm primitive. I, I'm, I'm, yeah. a, I'm a 20th century person, and I'm still thinking as objects as things but design touches everything before we started you're like why is that tree on the sidewalk exactly someone picked that tree yeah yeah that tree is only there because someone said that white birch should be on that street corner you could say it would be there by design yes exactly (laughs) um what what is there out there that is hasn't been touched by the hand of design? Oh my god! Or is I mean, there literally nothing? Did did anything ever happen by accident? Definitely. I mean, and I think that's when I was talking about the doorknob and the knob on your mixing board. There is some stuff that just gets made. So there is like, what is the level of thought and consideration right put into it? And what is like, you know, what this is just how we always made it, or we had this one laying around we'll use that well like so this knob on my so i'm gonna play with my trim okay. trim is what sets gain so i'm like gain 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 gain, gain. see how it gets more trebly that's cool um but on my other mixing board this knob is knurled it's got little mm, ridges right. on it i'm assuming it's for maybe wet weather or utilizing with gloves grip. but this one doesn't so someone made the conscious decision to put this unknurled one on this kind of mixing board but my other mixing board has little ridges on it are they both stock items or did this yeah. company decide that they wanted to make their own does to, anyone know to to go back to, to to get back to semantics, <laughs> um, when you just said someone made the conscious decision, that is probably not true. Oh, really? Yeah. An accountant. Maybe made they it? made a conscious decision. Or an accountant. Maybe they did. And maybe somebody said, well, I like this one, or I've always preferred neural knobs. You know, it's not necessarily true. And I think, like, being, I've been a design consultant working, you know, with like C suite of Fortune 50 companies, working yep. with the federal government, stuff yep. like that. And my one, when, when you're a kid, you think like, oh, these big companies or the government, like, even if I don't agree with them, like, they have a plan. Uh-uh. Maybe there's some evil conspiracy, right? Uh uh-uh. uh. No. No. Everybody who is like at the helm of spaceship humanity is just a person who has to wake up in the morning, decide what to eat. And like, it's this series of human decisions that make up like the arc of history. Right. Right. And so, yeah, I think a lot more things are. Everybody has to make a decision. Everything is a result of human decisions, which means that it is up. For, for, we could change it if we got our shit together, right? But that doesn't mean that those decisions have been made 
in a conscious, willful manner. Right. Yes, it yeah. could have been like, oh, just take the just take the thing off the part shelf. Okay. And that's what I wanted to say about the industrial revolution. Okay, yeah, back. this is a good one. Yeah. So think of when I was saying before, design is what had made us human. Like there were like bone shards and stuff from Africa, one hundred forty thousand years ago, with little hash marks on them, right? Yes. At some part we we started to. Um, wear clothes or, you know, use spear throwers yeah. and all these things. So Addle-addles. Yeah, that's a, that's a great uh, technology. Yeah. Well, that's a design, right? Yeah. That's an innovation. Oh, yeah. You can throw it farther than... And I believe hand. that's pre-bow. I think so. I think the addle-addle yeah. comes yeah, before for the sure. bow. Yeah. yeah. Um, in fact, that was one of the reasons that um, people think that... Um, the Neanderthals died out during the Ice Age. We had the addle-addles and they did and not. They never even had throwing spears. Uh, yes, they use thrusting spears. They just yeah, use because thrusters. we well, from the from the uh, the archaeo- excuse me the archaeological record, we could right. tell by their musculature and stuff like that that they were probably stood. They probably were stood like prone, uh, not prone, but probably stood in an aggressive stance right. and thrusty, thrusty. Right. Yeah. So, did you see that? Good. Did you see that PBS documentary with uh, Andy Serkis recreating the Neanderthal? No. Okay, it just I'm came totally out. Into that okay, it just came out. Uh, we're going on a total aside, but this will get back to design yeah. because Andy Circus and Weta, which is mm-hmm. Peter Jackson's, yeah, yeah. they took archaeological record, recreating the musculature, Ooh. and they had Andy Circus and his motion actors uh, learn how to walk like a Neanderthal, Whoa. and then they CGI'd them with the highest tech CGI, and that's some of the things they figured out. Uh, Neanderthals were natural sprinters and yeah. could gr- really we grossly outrun Homo sapiens Damn. where they could crush us in a foot race, but they couldn't keep running. Right, we ah. keep running. Yeah, so the Neanderthal could go tackle a big prey immediately, right. just go get them down immediately and stab them to death. Right, right. we could just be like, "Yep, yeah, we'll get it when we get it." Mm-hmm. And that was another one of the things on it. You got to check this one. Yeah, out. definitely. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Well, okay. Well, what I wanted to get to is the. Industrial Revolution. Industrial Revolution. And, and, but when I, then I went back 140,000, 140 million years ago. Yeah. Thousand? thousand, eh, thousand yeah, about 140,000, yeah. Um, Maybe 280, that's sort of, I, it changes all the time. You keep doing right, this. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, but we went to a really good college, you stupid people out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Read a book. <laughs> Read a book, <laughs> or dummy. Something. <laughs> or something. <laughs> Google, Google or something. Uh, Alexa, what's this book? <laughs> um, what, what I was. Uh, industrial Revolution. Yeah, so the, the Industrial Revolution. So all the way up to Industrial Revolution, and I think about this all the time, like, we are world that we sort of take where like this is how things are you know you got planes you got you got factories like it's just a tiny sliver of human history yes right and so even in modernity most of the products that you or i would have had your shoes your chair your clothes would have been made by hand mm-hmm. you know in general so a craftsperson would say oh you know uh you're you're taller you're shorter um your chair might be different Specified right. differently, right? But it's still the it's still the platonic chair, it's still the ur chair. Yeah. Well, let me get to the industrial revolution. Okay. So there was no reason if you were making something for one person or even just making things one at a time. You know, obviously there's been mass manufacturing and efficient uh, economies of scale, but before you ha- were able to make things industrially, everything would sort of be handmade. So it. You know, if, if I'm making something by hand, I'm making a shoe, I'm going to consider the shape of a human foot. Right? right. Now I become, I'm now a factory owner and I'm like, man, I can now make shoes that cost one tenth 
of the cost of a handmade shoe. Right. Or, you know, people really like shoes with broguing on them. I, could, I just have a broguing press. Yep. So I can, you can buy a bro, broguing shoe, uh, brogues for one-tenth the cost. Yeah. In the Industrial Revolution, they were selling shoes where the left and the right shoe were symmetrical. Yes. Think about that. Yeah. Imagine wearing shoes that where the left and the right foot are not the same. Or are, are the, same. the same, right? Well, it's and, called it's called a last. Right. A, a last is the footprint of a shoe, and mm-hmm. there's a left last and a right last. Right. So, what if there was only one last? Yeah. And that is, I just think about that because it's it's a it's producer centric design. Yes. It's not user centric design. No. And that's easy it though. Only exists because it's like, yeah, you know, you might want those other shoes that fit better, but they cost they cost more, or they don't have the decoration, those kind of things. So we're we're now in the like still the detritus of that change over to industrial manufacture. Right. And as manufacturing has gotten more flexible or as more of our stuff is digital. Yep. Or as like everything is global, you have your choice of anything, user-centered design has come back into the mix as a point of differentiation. Right. Because back in the day you'd go to Tom the cobbler and he'd make the shoe for you. Right. But that was all he would make. He'd make your shoe and it would take him two months to make your shoe. But it's your shoe. Right. Because it doesn't take him two months to make the shoe anyway. So you might as well make it to fit your foot. Might as well make your shoe. Right. Exactly. And then we've got the industrial revolution. Um, Okay. Wait. I just thought about something. Mm. So we've got Tom the cobbler and we've got, you know, Lucas the Wainwright. Mm. (laughs) And then we've got, you know, the blacksmith. Right. And right. let's go back to the old, like, you know, the old-fashioned doorknobs where it's a, right. a thumb part on one end yeah. and it raises the latch on the yeah. other side. And the other side is just a hook and you can raise it that mm-hmm. way. So one side's a little bit ergonomic because you got a handle and a thumb. Yeah. And the other side's just the hook and you raise it that right. way. And either way, it just raises a horizontal bar outside of a notch, right? Yeah. That's been the door for whatever. Sometimes. Centuries, <laughs> yeah. right? I just thought of it. All of this concept of that door handle is an oral tradition. Someone at some point in time taught someone who taught someone who taught someone who taught someone who taught someone, someone, and no one bothered to innovate that door handle because that door handle just was. Yeah, it worked. Right? And now we're we're past that oral tradition thing, so there isn't the er, like when you built a chair, you built a chair because you saw a chair because your your apprenticeship taught you the chair, but someone taught him the chair who taught him the chair who taught him the chair. So the actual act of innovation was never actually... It was never actually seen because someone innovated, but no one knows who and when mm. and where it changed. But now we see it. Mm-hmm. You know, we see like there is a name. Uh, there's a name assigned to the person who made that new door handle, and you're right. like, oh, that's a Philippe Stark door handle. Mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. that one. I don't know where I'm going with that, but I'm just trying to think of like design through history where it just was, and now it isn't anymore. Yeah, I mean, and I think like so. Before when I was talking about the intersection of design, business, anthropology, right now, and it's like most of the things that we have are made by huge companies, right? Maybe small companies, but they're for-profit entities. Right. So there has to be a business reason for them to make stuff that is pleasant to use or works well. Right. And that's kind of how you get into it. It's like... If it's our point of differentiation that like, yeah, ours does the exact same thing. Our smartphone has the same processing power and the same number of pixels, but the interface is more intuitive. Right. Then it's like, okay, it behooves us to 
spend lots of money on making sure that the interface is intuitive. Right. And and arguing over the semantics and uh, uh, taking a long time to do it because we believe that people will buy our phones. People will buy that. Our shareholders will be happy. That's the differentiation and the selling yeah. point. Yeah. Oh, so oh my god, there's so many layers to this. I'm, my, my, my mind's <laughs> we my can mind's, go in a different direction too. I I know. Let's can we let's bring it back to the let's bring it <laughs> bring back. it back to the bring it back. Let's bring it back to the tangible. Yes. Let's go through. How I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. That's oh yeah. Ask how. Oh, we haven't gone yeah, to how. Right. We haven't gone to how. Right. We actually we haven't even gone to direction yet. Right. So so we've 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 now conceptualized and we've moved into the abstract. Let's give as the design strategist. Yeah. What direction are you giving your designers to yeah. move on to? Well, interestingly, one thing you might have noticed if we went back and listened to us ourselves talking about uh, RoboMouse 3000, yeah. or we need a name for your lava concept. What is it called? Uh, uh, <laughs> Dante, Dante's Mouseferno. Yeah, Dante's Mouseferno. <laughs> Dante's Mouseferno. Great. Um, what we did when I was talking about the directions, sometimes the quickest way to do it, if you're creative, is be like, man, Dante's Mouseferno, and then say, okay, how does that work? Okay, so you can so hop diagonally you, down. You can go down and then go back up. Right, but I don't think Dante's Mouseferno is a good idea. Right, sure. I mean, it's a cool it, idea. Anyway, it's so, spectacular, it's visually yeah, stunning. I mean, so it's funny because I, I think over the course of this conversation, you've had the same sort of a. Uh, odd trip that I've had over the course of my design career where I wanted to do design because I wanted to make like make cool tables yeah. or something like that. Yeah. That's the, what the I thought world's I was coolest, getting into. The world's yeah. coolest toothbrush. Right, yeah. Like, oh, wouldn't it be cool to make a better toolbox or yeah. whatever. Something cool like that. And I sort of got shunted into this whole world. Right. Um, that's kind of been happening to us over the course of this conversation. But the point is, the most fun part is coming up with cool ideas, coming up with beautiful designs, coming up with cool stuff. And it, that's, that's, is that the direction or is that the how? That's the solution phase. Right, that's okay. The, that, that's so let's go with the direction phase. Yeah. Now, now we've, we've observed, we've abstracted, yeah. and now you, as the strategist, right. have to give direction. Right. What, are you just like, go do? Minions, no. minions, go unto me and do. I mean, obviously that is a complex question because that gets into the whole world of strategy and how is it implemented inside organizations. Right. The thing that I will say that is like, I'm thinking of what are these sort of like key concepts. A thing about strategy is if you can succinctly name it. Like, so a lot of what we're doing is like writing sentences we call it like a strategic imperative or design principle, almost like a slogan that is like a placeholder for it. You're like, whoa, that, I think I know what you mean, but it's kind of uh, complicated. Right. Even if I said, rid an area of mice. Yes. What I don't want to say is, hey, we we're thinking about what the direction should be and we should kind of like get rid of the mice, but in like the whole place, because every time I say that to one person and they yeah. say that to somebody else, if I say our strategy is rid an area of mice, Write it down. Put it on a poster. Yep. When you tell somebody, say, rid an area of mice. And they say, get rid of all the mice in the area. It's like, no, 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 no. Nope. Nope. Rid an rid area, area of, mice. of mice. So really being intentional uh -huh. about writing those different things, those like slogans, yep. is the way that you encapsulate directions. Okay. And then thus, everyone on the team is on the same page. It's, yeah. it's, it's a mantra and it's a mission statement. And oh my God, because it takes so many people to do something, right? And so you have to have everyone. Oh, you're you're in.
essence, when you give direction, you're creating like a mind space. You're like, you're, 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 you're creating. Oh God. What is it? What you, what you want to be doing. I just made a little um, paddling motion. Oh, paddling. And make sure that everybody's paddling in the same direction. Okay. Because all of those different creative people, the electrical engineer, the marketing person, all of those different specialists, they're going to have to, when they actually make all this stuff happen, they're going to have to make trade-off decisions. Mm, this one is heavy and durable, and this one is light but a little flimsy. They need to be empowered to make that decision. And when person A makes their trade-off decision, person B makes their trade-off decision, you like those decisions to line up. Right, right. And, and ultimately, they go, when you, before you make a final decision, you go, does this rid the area of mice? Right. Yes. Man, I'm tripping. This coffee's got me going. A little, little bit of the buzz? Yeah. A little bit of the Pike's yeah. Place yeah. rich blend? I don't know. Mm. Um, okay. So now we've got everyone move, rowing in the same direction. Now we got the how. Right. Yeah. Now that's the cool part. The cool part. Yeah. Let's get to yeah, the, cool, the part. cool part. And that's the part when you said before, oh, are you a designer? And it's like, I think the people that I work with now would call me a designer. Yep. Because I'm more in like a strategy firm. Yep. The people at my previous company that was more of a design firm would be like, ah, oh, he could draw, but he's not really a designer. <laughs> he's, a, he's a researcher or something. Right. right. Um, but that is the cool part. That is, and, and that's where you get more specialization, right? You would, people who design soft goods are going to know the intricacies of making patterns to make a bag come together in a certain way. Right. Right. People who design, Electronics, maybe somebody um, who designs soundboards will understand why you would use a knurled knob versus a smooth one. Right. So then the personal expertise come in. So let's, I got it. I know how to make this concrete. Yeah. Nice. Tell us about something cool that, that that came to life. Through either your direct implementation yeah. or your strategy and instruction and direction, <sighs> give us something cool. It doesn't have to. You don't have to give exact specifics. Um, yeah, uh, that is the question because a lot of stuff is secret, so you can't say it. Mm, what's um, not secret? I will, I'll give you an example that, um, and I won't use the company name, mm-hmm. um, and maybe I'll think of a cooler thing that we made later it did um you know how spotify has collaborative playlists yes i did come up with that idea in 2004 <laughs> <laughs> but it's kind of obvious to anybody who would have thought yeah right um here's here's one that maybe will demonstrate the whole four-part process perfect okay i did a project about safety for cars a long time ago got it one thing that we noticed is that um in these couples with young kids a lot of the men, the, putting in the car seat, installing the car seat for the first time is, is the man's job. Mm-hmm. And something that a lot of men would do is sit or stand on top of the car seat to get it in as tightly as possible mm-hmm. with their knees on top of it. Mm-hmm. They would say, I can feel with my weight on top of it that it's in there good. Right. Right. And, but we noticed that pattern. We saw a bunch of different people do it. I said, oh, that's funny. That's a concrete observation. Great observation. Right. Our interpretation is um, people need um, sensory feedback that the safety actions are doing. Is super tight. Is take, no, yeah. no, even that, the, that their actions are actually being executed. Right. Right? So a direction, you would say, give, give people sensory feedback that the safety actions that they're taking are effective. Right. Make, make sure there's a tactile feedback to the tension. Like, oh, I feel that being tight now. Right, and so one of the things that we one of the things that we realize um, is that safety 
is about feeling safe. Yes. We think that it's about being safe. Yes. Which it is. Yeah. But more than that, it's about feeling safe. Uh, the seatbelt's snug on me. I'm secure. So actually what we did, the, in, in the end, um, a design that we made is seatbelts are all regulated by law, yeah. right? But we actually increased the thickness of the seatbelt tongue that goes into the buckle. Uh-huh. So that when you put it in and click it, it goes chunk, and it clicks heartily. Yeah, it's just as safe. They're all legally specified to stay shut when you get in a crash. And they right? can be super narrow because some seatbelts do have super narrow tongues. Right. But, you but put making that- this thicker thing that when you click the seatbelt in, it goes click. Yep, and you feel safe. Uh huh. But if we had just said, "Hey, how could we make people feel safer in a car?" We may never have gotten to that. Right, because it's how people perceive the safety. Right, and only by saying, it's weird that all these guys stand on their car seat. That's how we got, we didn't say, oh, so we should make it easier for them to put in the car seat. No. That helped us come up with a difference. No, it's, it's, they should, they should make it, it, you should make them feel more secure that this device, which by the way would work exactly as well, no matter how it was configured, but you're like giving the tactile feedback right. of it going clunk. Yeah, but that's just, that's just one. Um, I mean, there's tons of different ways you could apply that inside the interior of a car and the safety features of a car, right? Right. Give me sensory feedback. Right. You know? When I, when I close the doors in my BMW, they go, go. <sighs> nope, they close and they go, Bzz. nice. They got soft closed doors. It's so dope, dude. <laughs> I just sort of like push the door at it and it just goes, Bzz. I'm like, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. I'm trying to think of something else cool that I made that I can tell you about. Um, I, I like I love keeping in the automotive space because yeah, I'm a ca- yeah. I'm a car nut. Like uh, when I when I when I press the power button on the trunk, God, I love this car. It's so cool. Mm-hmm. I press the power button on the trunk and it comes down and then it touches and you see these two little magnets, right? And they attach to the magnet above the bumper and the trunk comes down and then it settles and then it goes. After it hits the bottom, and I'm like, that at the end is so satisfying because I'm like, because I'm like, trunk closed. You're like, that is closed. Trunk closed. Now, yeah. Yeah. which by the way, if it just went straight down, it it, by the way, it could that was probably a conscious decision because we know that it could just go straight down and be closed, but it goes straight down, stops. And then jink. Yeah, and then it, you're like, now, that th- now that's closed. Yeah, yeah. That's closed. That, exactly. You're right. So someone sat there, and I'm sure the first, the beta version of that just closed. And the sure. Germans were like, it is closed. Yeah, the yeah, magnets yeah. have it closed. It yeah. is good. And someone goes, is it really closed, though? So, so that now that we're talking about automotive stuff, this is going to take in a whole different conceptual direction. My, so I have a 93 5 Series wagon. Yeah. That's what I was driving here in. And Do you have the double sunroof? Oh yeah, oh, panoramic. Oh, the roof? double sunroof. You know is the, oh, that's the best. Yeah. That's you the best. Give the kids some love. In the oh, back. E34 baby. Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, um, what am I? Cash, cashmere beige metallic. Oh, for, for those keeping track at home. So no, that that is, <laughs> you know that color when you see it because that is yeah. that is of its era. Very much though. Ten years ago, you'd be like, "Ew, gross." Now you're like, "Classy." Exactly. Right? I had a gold car before. I was like, "Ugh, Ugh. I hate it." And now, now you look like, at it, you're like, Sweet. "No one yeah. else has this yeah, color." Miss, miss me with that red shit. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so it has a wonderful feature. Uh, there's so many things in like old cars where you're like. Man, this was top of the line shit in 1993, and now it is a fucking horrible liability. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it has a feature, you know. Now cars, you open them, close them with a little remote. Yeah. My car can't do that, 
what it can do, you got that dual panoramic panoramic moonroof half open. Half you got open, it yep. in the middle. Yep. You have all the windows open to different points and stuff. Yep. You get out of the car and then you go to lock the car from the outside. Yep. If you hold the key over, yep. all of oh, the things in the car close. Yeah. It goes through yeah. a little dance to be like, <laughs> takes forever. And every time I do it, I'm like, yeah, yeah that that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> and the reason I was thinking, the, I ha- also have another technology in my car that I think is wonderful design. Because I appreciate these prosaic things around us, even if they're like quirky. You're like, that's not the highest end thing, but I love technology that's sort of selfless. And I have a Bluetooth cassette tape in my car. Dude, wait, 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 wait. I have one in my bag right there because yeah. I was planning on buying a 90s S class and I needed, I'm figuring out how do I get Bluetooth in my car. So I got the cassette and it's got the little dongle at the yeah, end of it. I have it. Well, I didn't need to do it because I bought a different car, but yes. It works great. Yeah. And it's like, it's that nobody's going to be like, the best innovation ever in the design museum, the Bluetooth cassette. Like, no. It's just a selfless yeoman. <laughs> right. No, it doesn't need any attention. It was eleven ninety three off of uh, Amazon yeah. or whatever it was. It, well, it was like the um, the um, when we were when we were kids and we had cassette players, yeah. but we also had Discman. Yeah. You plug that cassette thing yeah. in, and yeah. I'm like, what? They make this with Bluetooth now? I literally just totally. bought one. Totally. So cool. Yeah. But I love that. I love that kind of design because it really is. It's just meeting my need. And there's something sort of like and there's cute n- and quirky about it. Like it's so goofy. And there's nothing to it. It's literally matte black plastic with yeah. some Chinese imprinted on it. And it's got a little light and a little dongle on the end Does of yours, it. Mine has um, a little door. So if you're not using the um, microphone, you can hide it in the tape. I don't think brand. mine has that. Mine has an... Ex- I got the premium version. Mine has an exposed... I never actually used it. Mm-hmm. I just bought it, inspected it. I'm like, this is dope, but now I don't need it. Um, yeah. Mine has a little... Uh, it the, it puts the USB uh, charge port mm-hmm. on the external side so you can actually have it plugged in charged oh, simultaneously. Yeah. That doesn't work on mine because... Oh, yours um, goes down goes and in? Yeah. yeah. And then every once in a while, because it's a BMW, it just goes clean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Taking care of my premium. How long's it? How long does it last, by the way? Of uh, the charge? Yeah. Um, Many hours of playing. Nice. If you're on a road trip, it would be a problem. But like yeah. for me, and I have had some problems with them, like cr- crapping out, like yep. all rechargeable battery yep. products. Um, But I would like charge it, and then I could use it on my commute for... Probably a whole week. Oh, okay, cool. So 10 hours maybe. Nice, uh, nice. Substantial. That's pretty solid. Um, what are we talking about? Uh, I don't know. The, o- old technology yeah, being something supplanted. about it being like selfless and quirky. There's something that I like about that so much that, um, yeah, it's just like, it's fun. And it, it and it, I think that to me is like super important for where we're at right now. I joked about Alexa. Yeah. And like there's so many things, um, Internet of Things or everything the being The blank on. of like, things. I, like yeah. I have Sonos. You know, you know yeah, I know Sonos. Sonos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Sonos is great. And it, and it does like, it, you're like, I have a need to play music in every room in my house at the same time. Right. It's like, well, there's a wonderful solution to that need. Yeah. What you'll find, I'm a bit, I like cars and audio equipment. I have a bunch of old beat up shit. Yep, yep, yep. That's like what I like. You'll find it's like, it works great. It sounds awesome. I can play music from anywhere, but now I have to use a screen to do something that previously I would just have to turn a knob to do. Right. And maybe it's just our generation, 
Probably not. But I think if you're like, I'm spending most of my day interfacing with different screens. Uh-huh. And um, the cycle of design for UX products yep. is so fast that it's like a lot of the stuff that we have to use now, it sucks to use. You, like it's a, it's, yeah. Cause it, cause it, um, if you had to make something and tool up a factory, it's the same thing as our cobbler before. It's like, right. it's going to take them two months to make the shoe regardless. Regardless. So yeah. we might as well make it good. Yeah. Now it's like, and if I'm going to tool up the factory and then I can't change it, I'll be pretty damn sure that it's right. Right. Now if I can update it, on every, the fly, every week, I can crank it I out. I can just throw it out there before I do it. Yeah, I can crank it out half-assed and then yeah. update the UX as we go because so. it updates wirelessly. Yeah, I mean, I'm again not to keep coming back to auto, <laughs> uh, not to keep no, coming man. back to automotive. Maybe we should have just talked about cars. Uh, maybe we should have. Um, but the, uh, uh, yes, yeah, touch screens, cool and flash on cars. But you know what? I want my volume control and my oh. temperature control as an actual knob. No. Everything else can be something else. If I have to go in to find the seat heat, cool. I'll do that because I'm sending the seat heat when I start the car, right? But while I'm driving, I want my volume control a knob and I want my temperature control a knob so I could just go bloop, 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 right? Yes. I actually told I, in my digital electronics class mm-hmm. um, at McAllister, yep. I got into an argument with my physics professor at the time about the adjustment between a set of buttons, like yep. imagine on a radio, yep. up and down yep. to tune it and Stupid. a knob. Stupid. And he was like, the, you think that the knob is more accurate, but it's only digitally tuning it anyway. So it's the same thing. And no, I it's said, not the same no, thing. No, it's not. No. And here's why. The knob has an affordance. Let's say I'm tuning my radio, yep. and I have to go from 89.9 to 106.3. Not tick, tick hole. Yeah, wait, or, wait. Or tick, 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 wait, tick, wait, tick. For, it's, or, or even worse. Tick, hold. It clicks up one, clicks up two. Then it starts scrolling, and then you scroll past it. Yeah. Knob, you go a, 89, right. 106.3. 107, 108, right. 107.9. Done. So, so the knob is a wonderful affordance because like, it's a, it's a great interface where I can control it quickly. I can control it um, delicately, all in one, simple to use thing. Gen, gen 2, Gen 2, uh, what was it called? iPod. iPod. Yeah. Oh my God. That's how long ago it is. <laughs> I don't remember what the thing was called. Yeah, man. The, 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 not, not the manual wheel. Yeah. The manual wheel was garbage. We sure, all know sure. that. But the touchy touch wheel was awesome yeah, yeah. because you move it like this and it moves like this. You move your thumb fast and it goes, yeah. you know, that was great design. And then Apple's it's like, easy to bye. Yeah. And apparently now they're like hipster collected collector devices. Really? Like people like, oh, you've got like, I don't know. I think the biggest one at that point was like 20 gig, yeah. right? You've got one of the 20 gig Gen 2s. Oh, that's that. awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. Up, uh, uh, up down, center, yeah, yeah. and touchy scroll wheel, right? Yeah. Those are like collector's items now. Sweet. They were disposable. I knew this guy in grad school who was into like modding Newtons. Oh, well, that's, that? you know, that, <laughs> that's uh, a deep cut. okay, that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, Newton, remember the Simpsons? Hey, Newton, beat up Martha, Martin, and it goes, eat up Martha. He's like, stupid Newton. <laughs> yeah, that was maybe a little ahead of its time. Um, yeah, well, hey, yeah. Is some I was interviewing someone else, another Silicon Valley mm. kind of folk earlier, and he uh, he gave the uh, the classic Silicon Alley was move fast, break things adage. Mm. 
I don't like that yeah, thing. I'd rather move with purpose and get yeah. it right. I think that's more a reflection of our like crazy times that we live in. I, you, know? you gotta be that's fir- the business. Be first reality. to market. Blah 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 blah. Blah 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 blah. Um, did we learn anything today? I think so. I don't know. Did you guys learn anything today? I hope so. What What are we? How do we? I wanna- mean, I learned that dolphins have names. Yes, so the dolphins I'm, do I'm have names. Um, I learned that design is less about making things than about coming up with new definitions of old words. <laughs> well, that may or may not be true, but <laughs> um, how do we want to end this? I don't even know. Oh, man. Um, hmm. What? How? Okay. Perfect ending. Got it. You're out there. You're thinking of a change in yeah. career. You were maybe doing something that's tangential to this and you want to get into it. Lucas, how do we do that? Do we have to go to school or do we have to apprentice or do we have to just get our hands dirty? Oh, man, that's a great question. Well, I mean, uh, there's definitely – you don't have to go to school, but you could. Don't have to go to school, but you could. You definitely um, – there's plenty of things for you to read. You can check out um, the D school, obviously, and there's tons of other, there's tons of stuff to read about. Um, but I think that the best thing to do is to try, man, this is a pretty lame answer. Do it. You got to be a consultant. If you really want to learn fast, Yeah, you got to be a consultant. Yeah. You got to just go and just like, read up on it, get into your stuff. And if you are applying for jobs, mm-hmm. um, you can always do you can always do your own projects. So like I would say make something, do something, design something. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's and key to and it. your portfolio speaks for itself. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I I the one thing I wrote down on my little piece of paper that I wanted to get to, I think we already did, but that like as humans, we're all designers in a way. Mm-hmm. That ability to think how could things be different? Right. Is something that we all do. Right. And yeah, I mean, I guess it's right. I have like set procedures for things that I do, right? So it is, design is- By design. It's, yeah, well, it's like a methodology, you know? When I walk out the door to my apartment, I tap my left pocket for my keys, my right pocket for my phone, and my back pocket for my wallet. And I'm like, done. I can now leave the apartment, right? I mean, that's not exactly design, but I've made a methodology that I adhere to because if I don't, I leave my phone, my keys, or my wallet behind, Right? There you go. Yeah. Okay. So we're all designers. That's right. Yeah. That's awesome. So if you want to go out there and uh, what what resources can people look at for some like just really, really cool stuff to look at? Here's one thing um, that I think everybody should read. It's kind of old. It's a little dry. But if you were interested in the type of stuff that we're talking about, uh-huh. you sh- and you would get this if you Googled it too, you should read Don Norman's Design of Everyday Things. Don Norman's Design of Which Everyday Things. old. It's from the 80s. But the concept of it, it's basically Don Norman, he's a crusty old guy who's like, why are these things so hard to use? Uh-huh. And that from there, you're like, okay, we can make them easier to use. Okay. All so right. Check that out. Well, Mr. Lucas McCann. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, this has been exciting. I hope this wild ra- ride. I know. I hope this roundabout bizarreness <laughs> has been as okay for you as it's been okay for me. But honestly, I am a self-indulgent bastard. So if you're listening this far, I guess you enjoy my self-indulgency. Dante's Masferno. Dante's Masferno. Hashtag Team Lava forever. E V A forever. Lucas, thank you so much. Thank you. Bye bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.